welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. Happy Sunday and happy New Year. I've been really sensing that uh, we are to start off the year with a focus on worship. And so even though we didn't have Rick Pino leading us in worship, I want to talk a little bit about the power of our worship. And of course, worship is um, a very big word. And we don't just worship through music. Uh, We don't just worship through one means. In fact, we worship through our entire lives. The Bible says in Romans 12 that we are to offer our bodies, our whole beings as living sacrifices. And that is our spiritual act of worship. So worship is offering our whole lives. But there's something about celebrating God and celebrating what he's done and what he's going to do through prayer and music that really shifts things. And like I said, it's not the only thing, but it's one main way that we commune with God. And and I want to read a scripture and just give you a little bit of context. I want to talk about King Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah. And, uh, you know, he was, he was given a rightful inheritance. He had a purpose. He had a plan. God had a plan for his life. And one day there was a whole bunch of enemies, a whole bunch of armies coming against him. I don't know about you, but it feels at times, especially in the last season, there's been a lot of stuff coming against us, coming against our spiritual life from advancing. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's, uh, you know, material. There's like problems at home, problems with, who knows, your car, your house, whatever. It just seems like there's problem after problem. Or maybe there's spiritual stuff going on, whether you discern it or not. In fact, most of the stuff that we deal with when it comes to some sort of battle often is spiritual and then manifests in the natural. You read it in Ephesians 6. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against powers, rulers of darkness, you know, spiritual hosts of wickedness. It's a real thing. In fact, the unseen realm, the unseen world is more real than the seen world. Hebrews talks about how everything that is seen now was born out of or created from what is unseen. Therefore, what is unseen is more real, actually more powerful than anything that we see, which is temporal, okay? So, I mean, even Paul said we focus our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. And so, there is a spiritual battle, whether you know it or not, whether you see it or not, whether you understand standard or not, you are in a spiritual battle. You're in a spiritual war. And King Jehoshaphat was uh, feeling this pressure of his purpose, his the plan of God over his life being halted. There was armies coming against him and he was fearing for his life and the people that he was leading he was fearing for their lives. And I want to read it in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 
2 Chronicles chapter 20. You can go there. You may not see the scriptures on the screen. Like we said, this is not a planned scenario. We didn't have a lot of time to make this happen. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it says, After this, verse 1, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazan Tamar. This was another name from Engedi. Verse 3, Jehoshaphat was terrified. Have you ever been terrified? He was terrified by this news. Have you been terrified by the news lately? Have you been terrified by what you're hearing, the reports you're hearing from others? Are you terrified right now by how you're going to pay the next bill or... Or how are you going to, you know, get a new job when this whole thing is over? How are you going to recover your business? How are you going to restore your family? Are you terrified that there is no gym open? What are you going to do? How are you going to keep that quarantine weight off? I don't know what you're terrified about. I don't know what news you're hearing, but I know that all of us at some point have experienced this, maybe right now, uh, terrifying news. He hears this, he's freaking out and he says this. He begs the Lord for guidance. This is verse three. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse four. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. And so there was a battle going on. He didn't know what to do other than seek the Lord for help. First plan of action, of course, for all of us when we're going through something is seek God for help. It's so easy in our own effort to try to fix the problem, find a solution in our own effort. Not that that's bad necessarily, but it's not always the best. God wants us to pursue him, especially when there's impossible battles that we simply cannot win or do not have the solution for. And so I want to flip down a little bit here because he goes through a process and God begins to reveal to, the, to Jehoshaphat, how to handle this leadership situation, how to handle the news, how to deal with the fear and the discouragement. It says in verse 15, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is God speaking to, or through a prophet. This is actually God speaking through a prophet amongst the people to King Jehoshaphat when he is uh, in this place of discouragement, when he is in this place of fear, and he's he's fearing really for his life and his people's lives, okay? So this prophet says, and God is speaking through this prophet, it says in verse 15, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Such a good reminder to us that so many of the battles that we're facing right now so many of the fears that we're living right now, the what ifs, I can't do this, I can't do that. So much of that is actually not even our battle. So many of us are fighting battles that we're never going to win. And if we keep fighting the wrong battles, if we keep fighting the battles that we are not called to fight, eventually we'll begin to lose the battles that we are called to fight. This is so important. When we can get a word from God and know, God, this is your battle. This is your war. This is your thing. You're going to be the one that brings me through this. If you brought me to it, you'll bring me through it. You've heard that said. It's true. 
And so many of us right now, starting off the new year, I really felt from God that we were to talk about and focus on worship. And you're wondering, well, how is this anything to do with worship? I'm getting there. Very important that we understand the power of our praise, the power of our worship. Worship simply exalting God above our situation. Whether it's through music, whether it's through our attitude, whether it's through, you know, praying the Bible, like actually praying it out, reading it out, meditating on the Bible, communing with God at some level. These are all different forms of worship. But when we bring the battle to God and we focus on God who is the victor of that battle, we begin to worship. And when we begin to worship, we begin to elevate our thinking to become more like his. The Bible says he's given us the mind of Christ. So how do we manifest that mind of Christ? The more that we fix our eyes on him, the more that we think like him. You've heard it said, what you behold, you become. If you're looking at the battle only, then you're going to become the very fear that comes as a result of looking at the battle. If you're looking at the one who wins the battle, when you're in the battle, guess what? You're going to begin to think like a victor. You're going to begin to think like a conqueror. You're going to begin to think like a winner, and you're going to end up moving through it because you're elevated. Your mindset is elevated. It's above the situation. So this prophet says, don't be discouraged, don't be afraid, for the battle is not yours. And then he gives them instruction. He gives him instruction about tomorrow you're going to march it against them. This is what you're going to do. And in verse 17 says this, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. People of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Now imagine that. Okay, this is a physical battle we're talking about, okay? So imagine this for a second. God's like, okay, this is so impractical. This doesn't make any sense. So unstrategic. Um, like, how is this going to happen? Just so what? We don't fight? Like, all the training, you know, uh, all the logic, we just throw that out? Absolutely. He's like, you're going to go out there. You're not even going to need to fight. I'm just going to do it for you. Like, how? what does that look like? I don't know about you, but... Man, I love when God does that because it takes away this striving, this human effort. Now, not to say that human effort isn't important, not to say that we shouldn't have drive and go after things, but let me just say that we so need to hear God in moments like this because when we do, we position ourselves to fight the battles that are facing us the way that he wants us to fight them. And when we do, we always come out on top. And this is the goal of kingdom-minded people to come out on top. I want to come out on top even better, stronger in 2021. I want to get through this pandemic stronger. I've kept I've kept I've said this over and over and over and over again. You're probably sick of me saying it. We're quarantined for revival. I want to come out revived. I want to come out resurrected, a new person, a stronger person, a better leader, a better husband, a better father, a better friend. I want to come out a better version of me. And so I need to make sure that I'm hearing God. How do I fight how do I how do I overcome? How do I address the things that are addressing me to come at me to squash my purpose, to squash the plan of God over my life, to ruin my relationship with you, God? How do I position myself? 
The answer is worship. The answer is elevate your mindset, go above the situation and look at what I'm doing. I'm the one who's, who's going to win the war for you. Now let's just scoot down here a little bit because he gives them the instruction and says in verse 19, then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel with a very loud shout. So they're excited. They have a word from God. They know and they have a confidence they're going to win. I'm sure they're still a little scared, shaking in their boots a little bit, but they're excited. They're responding with worship. They're shouting to God. God's going to give us the victory. I'm sure all of us have experienced that before, you know, going through a hard time. God gives us a word, a prophetic word. And we're like, yeah, we're like crying. Like, God, you know me, you see me, you know, um, you know, you, you're encouraging me. I feel the, the courage of God. And then we actually still get to the fight. And it's like, we forget the word. We actually get to the fight and we forget all the confirmation. We forget all the courage that we just had moments earlier. We forget that we shouted for victory before the victory. We just forget all of that because now we're actually again in the battle. So let's just go down here a little bit more. It says early the next morning, verse 20. The army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. I love that. Believe in the Lord your God. What did God say? When you believe, when you stand, when you act, because believing is something that is an action-oriented word. To believe is to act on the belief. You cannot just believe in principle. I believe. I believe it's a good thing to brush my teeth. If I don't ever brush my teeth and my teeth begin to rot, that's a real sure sign that I don't really believe in the value of brushing my teeth. Um, believing in anything in life will always overflow into action. He says, believe in the Lord your God and you'll stand firm. I love that. The reason why we are unstable at times, the reason why we go up and down sometimes is because we stop believing, because we stop acting. We stop acting, therefore it's a reflection of we stop believing. We can't just believe principally speaking. When everything's good and everything's easy, then it's good. I'm going to church, you know, I'm I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying with my wife, my family, when it's all good, but then when it's bad, we isolate, when it's bad, God, like we, we, we kind of disconnect ourselves in our awareness of God. We kind of like don't want to talk to God because maybe he's upset with us because things aren't so good right now. I feel the shame. I feel the fear. I, you know, I'm discouraged. Maybe you're mad at God right now. And so, you know, we're mad, God, you're not answering my prayer. Therefore, you know, I'm not going to pray anymore, you know, but when it's all good, when it's all good and gravy, we're all in and we're the loudest people about, you know, to, to, to show that the world that we're all in, but then when it's not good, we kind of retract a little bit. He says, believe in the Lord, your God, and you will stand firm. I want to continue believing over and over and over and over again, despite what is coming against me. And I can't make that happen. I just have to lean in every moment that is contradictory to what I know is supposed to be and continue to trust in God. Every time I do that, my roots spiritually go down deeper. They go down deeper into the soil of God. Every time I believe and stand firm when I don't want to, that's when my roots go deeper. He says, believe and you will stand 
firm. Then he says this in the same verse in chapter, in verse 20, this is second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. So he says, believe in the Lord, your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Why do I highlight this? Because there's one thing to believe in what God has said, but it's a whole other thing to also now believe in, to, believe in the instruction that's come from a person in our life, maybe through God, from God, so through the person. Believe in his prophets and you'll succeed. You'll win if you take the word of God at face value. Now, we can apply this to the Bible. We you know, believe this is a prophetic book. Um, it's a prophetic word. The whole thing is a prophetic word, really. Um, and we can stand and say, well, if I believe in God, if I believe in the Bible, it's as though I'm believing in God, standing firm and believing his prophets, what he has said in his word, therefore I will succeed. But there's also moments where people speak words that are from God to encourage you, to give you the courage you need. And when you stand on those words, there's a success that happens that can only happen with believing and standing on the words he's given you. And those often are specific instructions. Now, I can tell you hundreds of stories where not only did I believe God's call on my life, I believed God's call in my life expressed through instruction, specific encouragement from people that God has spoken through. And it's got me through some really wild and intense times. So I believe in this. I believe in this with all my heart. Believe as prophets, you'll succeed. Believe in the Lord your God and you will stand firm. Now, let me get to the main point that I'm trying to get to, which brings me to verse 21. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for, the whole, for his holy splendor. Now, imagine this for a second. Okay, now we're going to fight. I'm not sending out my, my, you know, my, my crazy, you know, super strong, you know, know how to use a weapon type leaders. I'm sending out the worship leaders. I'm sending out the singers. I'm sending out the ones that, the, the, the real creative ones, the, the ones that just love God and are poetic in their heart and just, you know, want to worship God with open hearts, open hands. And I'm sending those guys out at the front. They're on the front line. You think the guys with like the swords, you know, the machetes, the machine guns, I know there wasn't machine guns, they're at the front line intimidating the enemy. The, the enemy. No, it's the worshipers. They're bringing their worship to God. He sends out singers ahead of the people to praise him. And they're singing this. All they're singing is this over and over again. This is still verse 21. This is what they're saying. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. They're just repeating that. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. You're faithful. You're faithful. This faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. I'm giving you thanks, God. I'm thanking you. I'm thanking you. Remember, the Bible says in Psalms that we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving opens doors. Thanksgiving unlocks locked things. The gate represents something that you have to move through. There's something on the other side of that gate that you need. Thanksgiving opens the gates. 
It opens stuff up. I believe Thanksgiving actually paves the way for the miraculous. We see this all throughout the New Testament, even in the ministry of Jesus, even the whole premise of communion, okay, is based around this idea of Thanksgiving, which is actually the word Eucharistio or Eucharistia, which is where we get the term Eucharist, which is why we celebrate the body and the blood of Jesus through, you know, this act of communion, it's a part of giving thanks. Jesus gave thanks, said, this is my body and this is my blood. When he gave thanks, it opened up a realm in that moment. It activated something. It's like the, the, the one out of the 10 lepers that came back and thanked God. The word is Eucharistia. Again, the same word used as for the Eucharist, okay? He gave Eucharistia, gave thanks, and he was made whole. He was completely uh, uh, healed, spirit, soul, and body. He literally would have grown back limbs. I can show you tons of scriptures of how Thanksgiving actually unlocks the miraculous. It opens the gates. It opens the overflow, okay? So here they are. They're worshiping God. Your faithful love endures forever. You know, give thanks to the Lord. You're faithful. Thank you, God. You're faithful. That's all they're doing. You're, you're faithful. Thank you, God. You're faithful. That, this is worship. This is worship. This is how we need to begin 2021. God, you're, 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 you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worthy. You're, you're faithful. Your faithfulness endures forever. It endured through 2020 during a hard time, and it still endures today, and it will continue to endure forever. And I want to thank you, God. I want to thank you for 2020. I want to thank you for the trials, the tests, the challenges. I want to thank you for all the things that made me better for all the things that made me stronger, for all the things that brought me to my knees, that challenged me, that challenged my faith. I want to thank you, God, for the ups. I want to thank you for the downs, the valleys and the mountains. I want to thank you because it was in that place, in that space, that I grew into the person that I was called to be. That's worship. That's how we want to start off this year, in a spirit of worship, honoring God through thanking him for his faithfulness in our lives. I love this. It says here in verse 22, listen, this is the kicker. This is like, this is the climax here. This is what I want to hone in on. In verse 22, at the very moment they begin to sing, give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Isn't that crazy? The moment they started singing, Frontline singers, frontline workers in this army, okay? The moment they started praising God with a simple song, a simple song of thanksgiving, they unlocked something miraculous in that moment. And when they unlocked that something miraculous, it confused the enemy. The enemy no longer, the battle no longer was occupied with the original intention. They begin to fight amongst themselves. There was confusion. This is what God's going to do for you in the year 2021. Think about all the areas you're struggling with right now, all the areas where you feel there's a battle. Let me just tell you, I'm going to give you the antidote. I'm going to give you the vaccine to get rid of this virus called the battle that you're facing right now. And that vaccine is simply this, worship 
God with all of your heart. Give thanks to God. Celebrate God's goodness. Elevate your perspective. Get his mind. Understand that it's his battle, not yours. You watch what begins to happen. This is a prophetic word for you in 2021. When you worship, God will confuse the enemy on your behalf. And the battles that you're facing now will no longer be though your battles anymore. It's like, you know, the Bible says a house divided against itself can't stand. When you worship, it's like the very house that's against you begins to divide and crumble. It's the house of the enemy. It's the battles that you were always created to win and destined to win, but can only win when you worship, can only win when you trust that God's got this. And all you gotta do is position your heart and stand. And when you position your heart and stand, God will make you a victor. This is your inheritance. This is your promise for 2021. Stand on it. I'm going to be a worshiper this year. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to elevate my perspective. I'm going to win the battles because God's going to confuse the enemy on my behalf. He, the, he, he thinks he's going to take me out. He thinks he's going to ruin my business, ruin my family, ruin my relationships. He's going to discourage me. No, as long as I worship, because what I behold, I become. I become like him as a victor, as a victorious one, as one who wins every battle when I worship the one who is that. Remember, what you behold, you become. You become more like him. You manifest more of him through you, through yourself, when you worship, okay? So let's read a little bit on here, a little more. Verse 23, the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Imagine that. They became like possessed with confusion. They didn't know who they were fighting anymore because it was like no, they could no longer see the people that they were coming to fight. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? The enemy loses sight of you when you begin to worship. The enemy loses sight. He's got his eye on you right now because you got your mind in the battle. You got your mind in human effort. You got your mind in works to impress God. You got your mind in, I'm going to win this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm just like God. I don't even need God. When you think like that, it's like you don't even need God. Okay. And the enemy can see that. The enemy's going after you right now, after your business. Maybe you haven't given your business to God. Maybe you haven't given your finances to God. Maybe you're trying to hoard and hold on and you don't trust God with your finances and you wonder why it's getting attacked so much. This is where God wants to teach you to worship because when you begin to worship, he can't see you the same way that he used to see you. It's like almost like God puts a shield. He shrouds you with protection. He shrouds you with strength. And all of a sudden, the enemy just begins to fight against himself. And division in his own camp begins to happen. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as they could see, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat, verse 25, and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was blessing in this. There was blessing that was literally found in worship because God took care of the battle. When we worship, God takes care of the battle. And guess what? You come out on top on the other side. There's a blessing. There's something that you take from it. I love this. This is so powerful. I could do like a whole teaching. I'm not really doing a teaching, but I'm doing more of an encouragement. 
on this. It says they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. There was like so much. There was an abundance. He is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Remember I said in 20, there will be plenty. There was plenty. There was so much they couldn't even carry it all. It took them three days to gather all the blessing, the plunder. Okay. This is the blessing. Verse 26, listen to this. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Let me just tell you that your battle often, almost every time, will feel like a valley. It will feel hard. It will feel challenging. But when you begin to worship God in the valley, in the battle, and God wins the battle on your behalf, then guess what? Your valley becomes your blessing. Your burden becomes your breakthrough. The very thing, your trial, you've heard something like this, your trial becomes the trophy on your wall. Whatever it is that you're facing right now that feels so burdensome, so heavy, how can I overcome this? As you begin to worship, as you begin to honor God, elevate your mind above the storm, above the situation, the very struggle becomes your strength. That burden, that that heavy thing, that battle becomes your breakthrough. That battle becomes your blessing. I want to encourage you to believe in 2021 that everything, not only that you face in 2020, but in this year as you worship will actually show itself in some form of return in your life. Plunder. In other words, you're going to gather some stuff that comes as a result of winning a battle that wasn't even yours to win, was God's to win on behalf of you. But because you worshiped, God confused the enemy on your behalf and you came out on top. It's almost like, the sorry, I'm getting off track here, what David used to fight Goliath. Yes, David fought Goliath with some stones. He used one stone, knocked Goliath, the giant, off of his feet. But what did he kill Goliath with? with. What did he chop his head off with? Goliath's own sword. You're going to take what the enemy meant to destroy you with and destroy the enemy with and come out on top in the end. That was the segue into the promotion of David's life. People were like, wow, who is this like young kid who just took out this giant that we were all afraid of? Even the warriors, the trained warriors were too afraid and intimidated by this Philistine, this giant Philistine. Here's David, this worshiper, once again, representing worship, this worshiper. All we know him as is this worshiper who plays the, the harp on you know, on the hill, taking care of the sheep. He's not a warrior. He's not a trained soldier. And here he is, just fought this Goliath and then took Goliath's sword and chopped his head off. I mean, I know it's it's a gruesome story. It could be like a Mel Gibson horror, you know, passion number two film, you know? But but it, it's, it's a reality that we, what we live when the enemy comes against us. If we elevate our mindset towards God, God will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it into good on our behalf. And the very tool the enemy tries to use against us, we will use against him and come out with breakthrough on the other side. That's just facts, okay? Uh, I want to encourage everyone in this year to believe that. But I love this, the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. I love that. It got its name 
The valley, which was a burden, became their breakthrough and became the valley of blessing. Got its name because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. Once again, the value and the power of thanksgiving, the power of praising God, the power of worship. I want to just read the last couple of verses. I feel like I have to finish the story now. I pretty much read all of the whole chapter almost. Well, not, not all of it, but at least a good amount of it. It says here in verse 27, Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music, once again, worship, to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. They were excited. They were worshiping God. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. The end result was peace. I believe that peace, one of the greatest um, determined or determiners, or that's not even a word, but one of the greatest, I think, um, ways, I think, that we can come to peace, outside of obviously knowing Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. I just believe peace often, I know for me, if I'm stressed out, if I'm struggling, if I'm overwhelmed, when I worship, it's like, honestly, it's it's instant peace because I know that now God begins, it's like God begins to take care of the clutter, begins to take care of the war, the battle, the things that are going on against the mind, the pressures. It's like the battle gets begins to get fought. It's almost like that happens. Like the enemy stops seeing me. It's like confusion. And I just feel peace. This was the end result of what happened as they worshiped, as they conquered, as they won, as they celebrated. It was peace. I'm I'm believing and I'm praying that this year it would be peace. I remember uh, just one quick story because this chapter actually uh, has really impacted me a lot over the years for, for many reasons and I've applied it. And I, apply, I honestly apply this uh, in so many areas of my life, but... Um, I remember there was one, one scenario where my, you know, we had just, uh, I had just been robbed. My car had been broken into, um, we had just emptied our whole ministry account for the homeless in our city. This was years ago and we were doing this outreach and we just, we literally every penny we just gave to the homeless, emptied the whole account by faith and, um, powerful, powerful, uh, event that night we were celebrating. And that night I got my, my car got broken into I got robbed. I had over like almost, I think it was almost $6,000 worth of stuff stolen, but it wasn't even the stuff that was valuable to me necessarily. It was like the, my journal was stolen. I had this manual that I had written that was stolen. I hadn't backed up. I lost a lot of sentimental, important valuables in that moment. And I remember, I remember when I was coming up to the, uh, the vehicle, not knowing that it was broken into yet. I remember I was walking up to it. It was, in a, it was in a parking garage in downtown Ottawa. And I looked over the car where I was coming, my car, coming to open my car. I looked over my car and on this cement pillar, it was written in big letters, peace. And I knew that I was going to need peace in the midst of a storm, in the midst of some sort of dark moment. Just like, you know, the disciples needed peace. Um, 
not in their own hearts when they were fearing for their lives, when they were in the storm in Mark chapter four, and they felt like they were about to sink and they had to wake Jesus up who was sleeping in the boat. They needed peace. How do I know that? It's because Jesus, those were the first words he spoke to calm the storm. It was peace be still because in a storm you need peace and peace looks like rest. And that's why Jesus was resting in the boat during the storm. He was modeling something for the disciples. Anyways, so I knew that I needed peace. Peace needed to come over this situation. And so it was a challenging moment. I was really upset, lost everything. And uh, that same weekend, my wife, she was, uh, at that point, she was six months pregnant or just under six months pregnant. And she came down with an incredible fever. She ended up having, well, they thought she had some sort of a blood infection. I know it was kidney failure. And they admitted her to the hospital immediately into the high risk. And it was our first child. We hadn't had a kid yet. It was our first kid after we had already had two miscarriages. And we went to the hospital. So that was the same weekend. It was all happening the same weekend. Got robbed. You know, had a victory. Got robbed. Lost everything. Um, You know, God declares, I need peace. He gives gives me a word. Um, And then we go into the hospital. And we ended up, my wife ended up being in the hospital for over a month and a half, like, you know, broken down total because we went back and forth, back and forth. But we went to the hospital that, that, that day. It was the same weekend. Uh, the doctor said that we were going to have to deliver our firstborn uh, that night. There was going to be complications because she was going to be majorly premature. And uh, she had a, they said that she had a, an infection in her bloodstream. And so therefore this is why. And the, anyways, it was kind of a little bit chaotic, but God spoke to me before we went to the hospital that day out of this chapter. And he said, Sean, I want you to worship because this is my battle. This is not your battle. You don't have to worry. You know, you had two miscarriages. We've wrestled for this third one. We're not going to lose the third one. And here we are feeling like we could, but yet God somehow is going to give me peace on the other side of my worship. And so I remember in the in the, the hospital room, she was getting an ultrasound. I told Michelle this and we just began to worship. I knew this, this baby's coming full term. The doctors literally said, we're delivering this baby tonight probably. That's what they said to us so confidently. And we were like, no, we don't believe that. And so Michelle and I began to just worship in that room, began to honor God, began to elevate our mindset above the news. Remember, Jehoshaphat had some terrifying news. What did he do? He mobilized, he pursued God, got a word from God, believed the prophet, believed the the word of the Lord, stood strong, succeeded as a result of it, and then got instruction to send the worshipers ahead to win so that the enemy would be confused, so that peace would happen as a result. Well, this was our experience and literally uh, we shocked the doctors even though we were in the hospital back and forth the doctors for sure every time we went back we're like this it's gonna happen it's gonna happen anyways we ended up delivering a full-term baby name promise who is now 11 years old and and uh, honestly i can't tell you how thankful i am for moments like that because in moments like that i literally experience what seems like a valley become a moment of great blessing. I look at those moments as pillar moments in my life that build the building that I am, spiritually speaking, that lay the foundation that I have in my life, that we have as a family in our lives, that are a part of our story, part of our history with God. Part of friendship with God is building history with God. And I'm so thankful for moments like that. I'm thankful for the valleys, the trials, the tests. I love the mountains. I love the breakthroughs. I love how it feels. 
but I also love how I feel when I come out of valley moments being tested and win because I get God's perspective. And I want to encourage you in 2021, start your year off. I know we didn't maybe have the the experience that we were going to have in worship with Rick Pino, but I just want to encourage you, have an experience in your heart this morning where you enter this year on the first Sunday of the year with a heart that's going after him, that goes after him, with a heart that just thanks him that celebrates his faithfulness, that his faithfulness endures forever. This is our statement for 2021. Your faithfulness endures forever. And I'm going to thank my way in to continued breakthrough all year in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you so much for watching today. I want to encourage you to start this year off right. You know, the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 10 that all we have to do is to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead and we will be saved. It's the starting point. It's the invitation into moving into a relationship with Jesus. It's not a prayer that saves you, but it's simply a heart response that says, yes, I receive what you've already done. I receive your forgiveness that you already paid over 2000 years ago on a cross. I'm simply aligning myself with the truth. And when you do that by confessing that Jesus is the way, that he is God and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead and you align those things together with the pronouncement, with the confession of your mouth, something happens. The Bible says you become a new creation, that all old things pass away and all things become new for you. It's a whole new journey. And I want to encourage you to start this year off saying yes to him. And if you would just open up your heart, I want you to pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you're God. I believe you are raised from the dead and I want you in my life. I want to move with you in relationship moving forward. Thank you for what you're going to do. Empower me with the Holy Spirit. I want to win every battle because you're with me from now on in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that, I want to encourage you to email us on to, to the email on the screen. Uh, maybe it's not on the screen. I don't even know. But prayer at kingdomculture.ca so we can encourage you along on your journey. Let me pray for the rest of you. I haven't even prayed. I forgot to pray. I apologize in the beginning, but uh, I want to pray for 2021. I want to pray for a spirit of worship just to come on us. If you watch the message, um, I just want to pray. So open up your heart right now. Father, I thank you that you want to give us a spirit of worship, that you want us to see you the way that you want us to see you. And you want us to see you differently in 2021. I pray that in this season, God, we would have an attitude like the people did in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, where we would worship, where we would honor you, God, with our tongue, where we would honor you with celebration and praise so that we can position our heart to win every battle that comes our way in this next season in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you'd elevate our mindset to think more like you, that we would overcome fear and disbelief and we'd overcome doubts in this season, that, God, we would win just in the everyday, even in the small things, in the little things, not only the big things, but the little things in 2021 in Jesus' name. God, let this year be a, a year marked with radical worship that just puts you at the helm of everything that we do in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, love you, kingdom culture, and we will see you next Sunday.